You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. And today I am excited. We have a guest on with us who I imagine you won't get this inside joke, but he will. He is the Grayson Bell of podcasting. That, <laughs> that is a huge, a huge honor to have. So, um, Grayson, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a minute, but we have uh, Steve Stewart on with us. He is a master podcast editor. I've gotten to know him over the years at um, FinCon each year. And then we got to hang out a bonus time last year when I attended my first podcast movement. And I already have my ticket again this year. It's only like two and a half hours drive for me. So I don't have any excuse to not go. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, so everyone, welcome Steve. And, and Steve, say hello to everyone. Thank you. Hello, everyone. So um, so our inside joke, just so we can get that out of the way. Uh, so yes. there's a guy named Grayson Bell, who Steve and I are both friends with. He is, is another member of the FinCon community. And um, Grayson and I actually have, have had very similar businesses. And I recently wound down my uh, website support business to focus on writing full time. But Grayson in the uh, WordPress in the FinCon community is known as as kind of a WordPress guru. So Steve Stewart has become known as in the FinCon community the podcasting guru. He's he's had multiple successful podcasts. I've had a uh, an honor of of being included in a couple minutes of the. Uh, the last episode of one he wound down last year, we recorded in San Diego at in person at FinCon, which was a really cool podcast we could maybe talk about in a few minutes. But how did you, um, Steve, how did you get into this whole earning money online thing? What, what was it that drew you in in the beginning? Oh, I'd have to take us back to 2007, I guess. Uh, which when for my the wife internet, and I, that might as well be the 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I had started listening to Dave Ramsey's podcast and some Leo Laporte podcasts. I don't remember how I got into it, but I started listening to it. I had my first iPod, which was that first generation Nano, which yeah, I think I is still an incredible piece of machinery. I wish it still make it. But I, uh, I started listening to my um, I guess a fourth generation click wheel iPod, like the 60 oh, wow. gig one. I still have one of those that I don't know how it's running. I got it in college and it's still uh, ticking away. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But I've been listening to podcasts and then I started hearing about WordPress and doing blogs. And so I'd started a WordPress blog, not the self-hosted, but the freebie one where you have to give all of them your Google juice. The WordPress I started that back in 07. And just always had that, that, that desire to actually get into podcasting. Cause well, you and I were fellow DJs. You know, you've, you've been working nightclubs. I used to work in the nightclubs. So we've got that background in us. We still want to do radio. Podcasting is just that low barrier to entry for that type of thing. So in 2010, I actually launched the Money Planet West podcast. And that was the, uh, that was my introduction to more of that online. I, I can't call it selling because really it was it was a marketing vehicle for me, but it was really a way to get my message out and to be able to get exposure. So were you trying to make any money off your podcast or were you just really trying to use that to get your name out there to sell something else? Right. It was really just a marketing to get my name out. It was never direct selling. It wasn't like I was selling my courses or anything because at the time I didn't have any. It was really more to get people to know who I was before they called me up for coaching, for financial coaching. 
So the podcast developed, it kept growing. Did you know you wanted to do financial coaching at that point and use the podcast to funnel people in? Or was right. That- it was actually before the podcast that okay. I started wanting to do coaching. I was doing coaching back in 2007. Okay. Uh, I can still remember my very first couple in, in, a, in a funny conversation. Maybe we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, 2007, I started one-on-one coaching, but it was more locally because, you know, back then my, my reach was what? Written text in a blog. It wasn't as great as uh, what, what I think people can get from a podcast, even though the reach with a website and a blog really is global. Uh, but with a podcast, it's just so personal and so intimate and and telling you know you can really tell about somebody when you hear their voice versus reading text on a on a screen oh, totally do you ever get that when you meet someone who's been listening to your podcast or like i feel like i already know you it's, it's a it's <laughs> yeah. a really interesting phenomenon i've i've felt that way around people i've listened to their podcasts you know i listen to um like the, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I met, we both do. Uh, one I listen to is the Adam and Drew show, the old Loveline guys. They have a podcast they've been doing for a few years. And I feel like I could sit down with them and hang out like they're my buddies because they've hung out with me at work. They've hung out with me in the car. I actually got a Bluetooth speaker. It was $15 on Amazon. So that I uh, listen to podcasts in the shower now. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. You feel like you really get to know these people. And then, um, there's people who I actually do get to meet, like Pat Flynn, we both know from, he's been on this show before. Pat is, you know, he's a superstar entrepreneur. And it's the same thing, you know, he's, he's in my earbuds and it felt like I really got to know him. And, and I've been in a fortunate place where I actually did get to know him in real life. But when we started really talking, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was this weird stranger I've never spoken to because he'd been in my, uh, in my ears for so many hours. Yep. And talk about getting intimate. I, I just realized I did a rookie mistake. I didn't check my microphone settings. So you should be hearing my my uh, my good microphone now. Oh, well, do you hear it? You sound better. You improve. Yes. Yes. I turn on the right, <laughs> the right microphone. Yeah, it really does give you that uh, feeling that you know them. And of course, we're we're kind of telling stories about ourselves and our shows, even if we might be interviewing other people, they, they get to know you over time. Mm-hmm. And kind of like a pen pal, you may never have met them. Oh gosh, pen pal. Nobody knows what that is anymore. Let me go to uh, what's a, what's a better example there, Eric, than a um, pen pal? This is an online, you know, Twitter you met friend. On Tinder? I don't know. On <laughs> Tinder? No, we'll just say Twitter. Twitter's a little less personal, but still, you get to know who they are from from the Twitter feed. You know, yeah, you can conver- yeah. you can make a conversation, but it's never it's never that personal one on one thing. Like but, if you but follow hearing them on Instagram, like um, Fat Mom Slim, she's a big Australian mom and crafts blogger. She's one I, I um, was at a conference. She she spoke some words at um, when uh, Darren from Pro Blogger ran a day, and um, I subscribed to her. I feel like I know her now. Fat Mom Slim. I see pictures of her kids and her going around her community. It's a it's a cool thing. Yeah, it's just an amazing medium. So I, I've I've just loved it, and it's it's kind of like CB radio in the internet rage. You know? Yeah, I could see that. It's still kind of small. It's growing, but I, I don't know if it'll ever get to be as big as YouTube. Or email, you know? Yeah, I've, I've kind of, you know, I drive around actually at your suggestion. I have in my left hand right now a, um, it's still in the box. It came yesterday, a, a Bluetooth to radio transmitter for, for mm-hmm. my car. And I actually had a plug so I could physically plug my phone in, but I was, um, too lazy to plug it in. I wanted to try Bluetooth something. It was like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. So you were the one who suggested you to get one of those radio things. You listen in the car, even if you don't have a new, you know, there's new cars you can get like Android Auto built in. I'm hoping someday we'll see a time that you can get podcasts in your car just like the radio. 
Because uh, I think that's where most people listen to audio. It's not, you know, hanging out around the house. They want to watch TV if they're at home. But if you're in the car, you want to listen or at work or or wherever else you could listen to podcasts. Um, for yeah, me, the shower. <laughs> yeah, the shower. Yeah, that's I, I haven't tried that yet. But I know that there's like a, what do you call it? Waterproof devices? Do you have something like that? Yeah, it's, it's a, a Bluetooth water resistant speaker. It was Amazon Basics brand. It hang, actually, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. If, uh, yeah, I need to remember to do that. So, um, so yeah, it's like a, it's like a $15 speaker. It hangs from the pipe that comes out of the wall so it doesn't get sprayed with the water. And I just reach up and push a button on the top and it goes beep, 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 beep. And then I push play on my phone and the podcast is going. So, um, that's cool. The last couple of weeks I've been listening to, to the newest season of Startup, if you know that podcast. Yes. That's, a, that's a big one. So, um, so you started the, um, the online income, you started the podcast. Did you have a handful of clients for your coaching business find you through that? Was that a success or did it lead you to pivot to other things? Was it, was it, how did that work out? You know, that's part of the story that's going on here because I always thought that was part of my calling. I did have a full-time job up until the end of 2014, actually beginning of 2015 that uh, kept, you know, kept me going. And but my passion was always in financial coaching. And I, I just had too many signs pointing in the way that this is where I should be. And it never took off. And I, I left the full-time job in early 2015. I thought, this is it. This is my sign. God's telling me this is where I need to be. And it didn't take off. But, and this is where I think you want the story to start heading here, is, is you know, I suddenly started to get to be known in the FinCon space as that go-to guy for podcasting, and I got a client here and there, and it just started to to grow until it exploded in middle of 2016. And now there are T-shirts that say, I am the grace and bell of podcasting. <laughs> There's only one. It's the one I made. It's, uh, honestly, it was something I made myself, but uh, I funny. can't remember who it was. But somebody before FinCon of 2016, somebody had said that to me. He said, Steve, you're like the Grace and Bell of podcasting. And I just, I thought that was brilliant. So I made a t-shirt and uh, I talked to Grace and Bell before then. He's like, that's hilarious. You should wear that. <laughs> so that's yeah, he, he's, he's benefiting from it as well. But yeah, it just, just kind of tells the story to our little group there. Mm-hmm. It, they know, they understand the joke. Which also teaches a really important business lesson you built this business not being the one you were expecting to build in a very small, I mean, let's say there's a thousand people in the FinCon community and that includes people that are very ancillary, not, you know, very active. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, let's say the core group of people who are really active in the FinCon community, let's say three to 500 people. This isn't a giant, giant market, but within that you were able to create an income and essentially a career out of nothing just because of your involvement and your skill you found you know you had a skill someone needed so essentially a product you had a target market and a way to deliver it and that's all you really need for a business so you don't have to be you know the next facebook you don't have to be you're trying to be a startup unicorn to have a great lifestyle and a great business and that's why they call businesses like mine and steve's lifestyle businesses because we're doing something that we love and it supports our lifestyle but it's not, um, you know, we're not going to become billionaires from, hopefully we can become millionaires, but, or I mean, I'd love to be billionaires, <laughs> but I don't see, uh, <laughs> but it's a, uh, you know, it, it, it's a way, you know, Steve pivoted and got out there and he's doing something. And that is, that, that's what personal profitability is all about. It's about finding that, that opportunity and seizing it and following it and living a dream rather than, you know, than, than not a dream. So, so you found this community, people started finding you. How did you know 
you could charge for this. How did you know there was a market for this? Well, I always thought that there's a value to what I do. I think everybody feels that way about certain things. And I was able to make an agreement with the, the first client was Paula Pant and J Money when they launched the Money Podcast, which is now known as Afford Anything. Yeah. Uh, J Money kind of retired from the show back in episode 25. But uh, we, Paula wanted to keep going and she's growing the thing. She's already, you know, doubled the downloads in only, you know, seven or eight months since then. Yeah, they were my first Paula's client. a rock star. <laughs> she absolutely is. And she loves doing the podcast. I, I was surprised at how much she loves this medium. And it was, you know, she's such a great literary writer, author, whatever you want to call it. She just writes so well. Podcasting is a completely different art form, but she loves it too. So they were my first client. And then there was a couple more that came on from small groups that I was on on Facebook. And, and, and then with the FinCon group just grew from there to where and this is the important, I think this is the important lesson here is, as you were mentioning, you know, this is a very niche thing that I do. It's not like I'm building websites for people, which I think everybody, you know, who wants to do any kind of online marketing wants to build a website. And there's thousands of people who do that. Hmm. I, I was doing that up until recently. I, I was one of the people you could come to. I had a fee and I'd build your website, get you up and exactly, running. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of competition out there in your field. Definitely. I, that's part of why I stopped doing it. I realized I did um, you know, Pareto's principle, 80-20 rule. So I looked one day, it was this like amazing aha moment, which as a financial analyst, I'd hope that I wouldn't have like these huge aha moments where I didn't realize what was going on in my finances. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I opened up and I was just, I put on my you know financial analyst cap, from my, my old job for 10 years. I was looking at my finances for my business and I saw about 80% of my income was coming from writing and 20% from the web stuff. And then I was looking at my time and how I was spending it <laughs> talking to my wife. I was like, wow, I'm spending like 80% of my time or more on websites, but that's only 20% of my income. Imagine what my income could do if I cut that time and focused it on writing. And I've actually, um, since I made that change, I've reached a point where I've now doubled my old day job income. Um, Dude, so- that's that's awesome. That was that was like a big like whoa, mind blown away. So you don't have to have like you know you see people have all these different successes doing so many different things just because one of them might work for you for a while doesn't mean it's that thing you have to commit to. That's part of mm-hmm. you know like you've had multiple income streams, I've had multiple income streams. That's you know an important way we're always testing new things because you never know what is really going to take off. And who would have guessed a few years ago that there could be a business of someone editing and doing the technical side of podcasts for people. I mean, I still think that (laughs) outside of a very small niche in the radio industry, there's people like you at, um, you know, at NPR and places like that, but look look what NPR has gotten into podcasting. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you, you found that hole in the market and you filled it for a target of people and it's, and it's, and it seems to be working well, right? And, and it's growing. That's that's the crazy thing is I, I, I fought the imposter syndrome on it for a while, too, because, you know, who am I to make a living, not just make some side money, but make a living by editing people's podcasts? You know, you can you can hire somebody overseas for 15 bucks to take the ums and ahs out of your show. Of course, I do a lot more than that. But I was able to serve these people in a way where, you know, they they wanted my help. These are these are entrepreneurs who they may not be making money directly from their podcast. I know Stacking Benjamins does, but some of the other ones, it's more of like I said, for my show was a marketing, you know, getting your name known, getting, you know, building an audience who's going to know, like, and trust you. And 
I'm not charging 15 bucks. You know, this is more than that. Who in the world would have thought that there'd be a chance to make a living from editing podcasts? It just doesn't really exist. Yeah. And, and now I'm doing it and I know there's other people doing it and I'm I'm about to start a a Facebook group who are just, you know, podcast editors. I just want to get into a, 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 you know, community like that and share ideas. And it's, it's not competition because there's so much more room to grow here, but it's still a, a very small, niche that I'm serving, but I can still see that it can grow more than this. And then if you look at to the to the full range of podcasts out there and there's getting out of the personal finance community, there's thousands and thousands of people who could totally use a service just like yours. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. There's huge so the only way that I yeah, the only way I got to be known as a great system bell of podcasting is because I served or I was involved, we'll say I was involved with this group of, you know, financial bloggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been in love with this group and, and I know we're talking a lot about FinCon and it doesn't have to be just this group, but it could be any community that you belong to and you just are involved and then you get to be known for something. And your question a little bit ago was, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but how did this grow into more than just a, a side hustle? Well, how did I know? My All of my time started being absorbed by it and the revenue started to grow as well. So with the revenue growth and the time involvement, I have completely, right after FinCon 2016, I completely changed my business from financial coaching to podcast production. It's completely changed now to where I know I don't focus anything on the, on the financial coaching. It doesn't mean I turn away my clients, Mm -hmm. but I don't work on it anymore. It's all about podcast production now and I love it. I've actually gone so far in my web, uh, web stuff that I have started turning away people. Most of my old clients that I've had for a long time, I'm still helping them out. But I'm sure. not taking on anyone new. I'm I'm actually pointing them to Grayson Bell. So, <laughs> so uh, the Grayson Bell of of uh, of Grayson Belling um, is who I'm sending them to. So Grayson needs to uh, sponsor this episode. <laughs> he totally should. I, we gotta like email him. Be like, hey, what, you, this is. Yeah. So um, so w- how do you see yourself becoming? Do you see yourself becoming the Pat Flynn of podcasting? If we oh, want to go up up a notch. Sorry, Grayson. I'd say Pat's business is bigger than yours. Do you think you want to, want to see yourself grow to that kind of level? Do you do you see that as a goal, or what, what's your goal in in mind as you work on your business day to day? You know, it's still so new. I'm still trying to figure out what the goal is. I did break it down to uh, there's uh, we saw Noah Kagan as a keynote at FinCon. We keep talking about FinCon so much. I feel like we're leaving a lot of your listeners out. But there was a, a slide, and I actually took a picture of it. About, they hear about FinCon almost every episode. <laughs> There was a slide that he had bullet points on and he says, go for the big wins. Let me read it off to you because I actually took a picture of my phone, brought it home because this is kind of like the guideline of what I want to do here. Mm -hmm. One is to hire others to help grow the business. And I've already done that. I still need other people. We only have so many hours per day. If you want to make more, eventually you need other people to do the work for you. Exactly. Because isn't isn't the definition of a lifestyle business, and you can tell me more about this, I really never focused in on it, but I think I'm there now. Isn't the, isn't a lifestyle business really one where you're working in the business? It's not so much you're working on the business. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if I know dictionary definition enough to say, but the way I look at, I look at there's kind of two kinds of businesses out there. There's lifestyle businesses and then there's more like the traditional Silicon Valley startup type business. But the traditional one, it's like, you know, trying to get investors and your goal is 10x growth, and that's pretty much what they want to see. They want you know a, a virtual a um, a VC, you know, venture capitalist 
like we'll give you ten million dollars, we want a hundred million back. That that's like what I'd say like the traditional startup route. And lifestyle okay. businesses are more you know, your goal is not to be make billions of dollars and become, you know, the next Uber. It could be to become uh, there's a service that, that I use sometimes. Actually, it's, I'm an affiliate, <laughs> ConvertKit. So if you're interested, it's uh, personalprofitability.com slash ConvertKit. They're an email marketing company. They're the one I use for my email list. That one to me looks more like a lifestyle business as far as from what, what I've seen and read about them. Not that they don't want to become the next Uber. Um, they, that might be part of their goal, but it's a smaller team. It's all bootstrapped. They're really trying to make enough to support themselves and their employees, but not necessarily, you know, a bunch of investors making a bunch of money. Yeah. See, with this, this business is right now, it's all me. So to go for the big wins, like Noah was talking about and hiring others, I, I definitely needed to scale to make this bigger. And that's where I could get some help from other people who can then take some of the workload off of me. Cause you know, we, we all have the same amount of hours in mm-hmm. a day, in a week, in a month, in a year. There are times when we need to take off for vacation or family or whatever. So to, to take some of that workload off of me, first step is to hire others. And I totally see that. The second step was doing webinars versus doing one-on-one sales. And with, you know, with the advent of Facebook Live, I'm thinking about doing more things like that mm-hmm. uh, to not necessarily, I'm not talking about marketing myself to people who might hire me, but I definitely would need to, I think, position myself again as the subject matter expert. Uh, otherwise, I won't grow to be the Pat Flynn of podcasting like you were talking about. I'm going to have to get you a t-shirt next year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's, that's a high bar for you, though. So you <laughs> I have don't to really I want to go there yet. <laughs> high, big respect for Pat Flynn. Third one was create a course versus in-person cons- uh, consulting, which I already have a course about editing with audacity and you doing it faster than just the normal, you know, watching YouTube and and getting a tip from here and there. This is a full course that shows you the tips and tricks that I've been using with Audacity to edit podcasts. Well, actually, I used Audacity since before podcasting, just to record vinyl records onto my computer and burn them to CD. So I have a course there. So I'm okay. I just need to uh, expand that. Uh, his fourth tip was create software. I have no idea how to do that, so we'll skip that. And then this is a big one right here. 10x your 2017 goal. And then work backwards. So if I were to take, you know, my goal for, we'll say for revenue and multiply that by 10, that would have to be my goal for 2017. And then I need to work backwards to try and figure out how to make that happen. So you asked, you know, where am I going with this? You know, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm hiring others. I'm going to start doing some, you know, Facebook live or some webinars, create a course. I've already got that. Just need to expand it and then figure out how I'm going to 10 X this thing and, and, uh, and then maybe Pat Flynn has a little bit of competition in that area, though I don't think I could ever take him on. <laughs> so what, as you've tried to expand and hire people, how has that process been? Have you struggled? Have you had some, some failures in picking people and some successes? Has it, or have you been, what, what's your track record been like and what's that experience been like? Well, right now it's just one guy. He's only taken on a couple of projects here and there. It's been difficult because when I first brought him on, he wasn't quite doing things the way I wanted to. So Is he U.S.-based? Yeah, actually, he's here in St. Louis with me as well. I've known him for a while. He's been in the podcasting space for a while. Okay. He does multiple shows. He's very involved with the okay. space. That's great. He even has a recording studio in the Central West End. And that's, you know, so he's, he's looking to grow that thing as well. And I'm just kind of helping him bridge the gap with some side income when he has spare time. Uh, but yeah, it was a little bit of a learning curve there. 
he does need to take some time off right now for some personal things. So yeah, there's, there's struggles right there as well. And to find somebody else, you know, to add to it, of course I have, have the workload to be able to offer them something. I think I'm almost there bringing on a couple more new shows, uh, early 17 here, uh, early 2017, I should say PT money is one of them. PT money from, uh, FinCon that yeah, we're talking about FinCon again. Yeah, that, and then, I actually uh, recorded with him. You might've heard my voice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I haven't edited yours yet. Uh, we're still on episode three. Uh, we haven't even launched iTunes yet, yeah. but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's growing. And that was, that was my goal here is to grow it to the point where it's not just me because if I get sick or something, Oh my gosh. Can you imagine my clients would be in a lurch? That's actually something that I've thought about also on my end being the, uh, you know, I, I'm in a place where, um, you know, I'm not the only person most of my clients hire. They, they usually have a few writers, but so I wouldn't be leaving them in as much of a lurch, but I'm, I'm the sole income earner in my family now and it's all coming online. And if I got really sick, uh, that's, that's why I write about insurance a lot, but disability insurance, things like that. I've been, um, thinking and looking more closely at because in, in your and my situation, you know, being essentially solo entrepreneurs, it's um, there's definitely some risks of that lifestyle. In addition to those huge benefits that we have, like, you know, this, this, uh, this morning I went and uh, my, my cousin was uh, driving through town cause I live right, right off the beach. So if you do the California coast drive, you come right through my town and we mm-hmm. went and had a, had a great, you know, hour and a half long breakfast together if I had a traditional job, might not have been able to do that. So, you know, there's right. those huge benefits. I, I One of them I call it the ice cream benefit because uh, one of the guys in my mastermind group l- latched onto that story. We live two blocks from an ice cream parlor, a Thrifty's ice cream. It's in a Rite Aid. And uh, every once in a while, my wife will say, oh, you want to go up and get an ice cream? And um, I used to not be able to do that. Now, just that I can do that is such a cool thing. But Again, it also comes with the risks. You know, my income the last two months have been great. The couple months before, I was a little more worried. So, mm-hmm. so there's there's that up and down of it too. So mm-hmm. have you? But but in your business, it sounds like people pretty much come on and do they have a monthly recurring fee? Do they pay per episode? How did you structure that? I structured. If, yeah, it's pretty much stayed the same when I first started this about you know more than a year ago. Is I structured it on how many minutes of recorded content they they give me. Okay. And the rates have, have more than doubled since then, which is amazing to me that I can do that. So yeah, it's right now it's about anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. We'll charge you about 80 to a hundred dollars per episode or, you know, per it, it's based on episode really. And so if somebody is every two weeks, they would only pay from 80 to a hundred dollars twice. Mm-hmm. If they're, you know, stacking Benjamins, they've got a special rate, but you know, he's three times a week. That's obviously a lot different than, you know, once or twice a month. Right. So it really is more on the volume. It's not just a recurring monthly retainer type thing. So if they've got work for me, uh, and this could be a weakness in my business too. Uh, if you think about it right now, the Stacking Benjamins is on, uh, well, the, the listeners won't know it for another week, but they're, <laughs> they're on vacation. They're going to be taking a break here between Christmas and New Year's. And right mm-hmm. now, I don't have any new content to edit because it's already done in the queue and mm. Joe's actually on a two week vacation and I think it was South Africa. Well, <laughs> there you go. My income is going to take a drop because of that. Right. Uh, luckily I've got other clients and stuff like that, but those are the challenges I think that, that I have to deal with as far as how do I charge? And I've, I've been trying to think of some other ideas with recurring fees, like, I don't know, 
like on-call support or something like that, but I just haven't figured it out yet. Maybe you're uh, maybe you're going to be the next Libsyn. Maybe you'll be the or uh, Blueberry. You could you could be a host <laughs> if if you want to deal with that headache. <laughs> no, I don't know anything about servers and hosting files, so I just I like to edit. <laughs> I like edge. to give everybody's audio a nice polish, make the volume levels sound good. And you wouldn't even notice that guests have a verbal crutch or anything. That's that's my goal. Uh, my I've I have this thing. I, I think I've talked about it here before. I call it shiny object syndrome. It's <laughs> I think it's my entrepreneur weakness. I see these cool ideas like, oh, I'm a podcast editor. I should be a podcast host, like things like that. And I've mm-hmm. taken steps like that in, in my businesses before and found that it's, well, it's really easy to try to bolt on related business ideas. Sometimes those take way more work than you thought about ahead of time. So I've been trying to be really good about only trying new things if I think there's like, a serious possibility it'll work and i know people talk about doing user testing and market surveys and things like that and i think there's some value in that but i'm, I'm usually more of a go with my gut guy but that has also led me to overextend myself a couple of times and have to yeah. keep reining it back in so, yeah gotta keep focusing on the niche too you know i gotta what, I, what works keep doing it what doesn't work stop doing it essentially right yeah <laughs> But it's hard. It's hard to do as objectively and look at ourselves and see what part of our business is working and what part isn't and, um, and yeah. focusing there. But, but hey, I think the big, if I could move on to not move on, but I add something to this discussion sure, sure. is this is a relationship with the, if not just the podcast host, but the, you know, the, the business that they're, they're building because this isn't a one off thing. Obviously, I've got to become kind of a partner in that business because I'm going to be, re, you know, recurring. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be sending me files every week or whatever their schedule is. So this isn't like I'm trying to just keep selling a new course to somebody different every day. Right. This is a relationship. So it's a lot different than uh, like your affiliate links. I mean, somebody's only going to buy ConvertKit through you once. And that's one sale where if you get a client, you've got recurring income for as long as you can keep them satisfied and as long as their business is successful. Right. And if you can help improve their success... It's really a win-win for everybody because they'll mm-hmm. they'll reach their goals. They'll have a bigger audience, earn more, whatever their goal is. And they're thrilled that you were a part of it and they'll want to keep you around. So yeah. And I think that's how I scored Stacking Benjamins as a client because he already had a workflow. He had, you know, a VA. He had, you know, help here and there. He knew that I was in there to help him out because, A, Stacking Benjamins is still my favorite podcast to listen to. But, B, we were always talking about, you know, how can, how can you do something better? You know, I give him a, a tip here or there. Of course, he was helping me too. He gave me some great ideas too. And it just, he, he could see that I cared about it enough that he knew he had to bring me onto the team. And so now I'm, I get the pleasure of being in the Slack channel with Stacking Benjamins. And they're, uh, and Joe and Kathleen, the, the team there at Stacking Benjamins, they're, they're awesome people. Um, I used to live just about a mile from Kathleen. So I, I know her pretty oh. well. And, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, she, she's in Portland, and I was in Portland. <laughs> um, yeah, but a mile from her. Yeah, That's, we were. We you were know, the Portland's same. on a small town. Yeah, we were actually Kathleen and I and JD Roth are all in the same neighborhood. At, at a oh wow, I didn't know JD was there either. Boy, yeah. I, I, there's there's a hot spot right there. It's the uh, it's, little did anyone know Selwood in Portland was a uh, finance blogging hub of North, <laughs> of North America. You have your own meetup at the block party. 
we we uh, we actually we had some cool people that we we do meet up. Um, we we usually met up just outside the neighborhood, a little bit more central for other parts of Portland. Because um, Portland you know, has a huge blogging, podcasting, etc. kind of scene going on. It's a uh, oh cool. It's a neat place to be. I but the weather's not as nice as here. Here it's ah uh, uh, yeah yeah. I mean it's a, it's a it's a cold winter day and cold winter day here was like you know sixty something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, so as you're when you're working on your business, and there, there's you don't have to give away any trade secrets or anything, but I'm sure you use lots of different tools, things for accounting, for billing, file sharing, things that any entrepreneur might have to use or work with or do. Have you had some trial and error there? How have you arranged your business organization and workflows to be the most optimal for your needs? This is so simple, Eric. You're gonna you're gonna think I'm just some kind of old you know old guy who just can't let go of Excel. You know, <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> I think this is important for your listeners too because I just keep using some of the same tools that I've always had that that I know have worked for me. I haven't grown too big to where I need an accountant. I haven't grown too big to where I need to get fresh books or anything like that yet. To be honest, I've 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 been using YNAB for our personal budget here at the house for years, mm-hmm. and I also use it for my business. It's it's a small enough business where that works. That's cool. uh, invoicing is done through just, you know, I have a Google, a Google doc that I just refresh and, you know, change the information, send that off as invoices. This is all stuff that anybody could do. Anybody could do that type of thing. You yeah, just have to keep good records. It doesn't cost you a cent to, uh, I mean, Excel is a one-time purchase. You can use Google spreadsheets. That's free. Yeah. Um, and Google docs, you know, you could, so you could do that whole thing without, without laying out a cent. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the beauty of this whole new world of internet and online business that it, it really is a small barrier to entry. You just have to make sure that you find the right people to serve and they see your value. And do you use uh, Dropbox or something similar for file sharing with, with clients to, to move right, things right. around? Uh, let's start with the process is communication is usually through email, though it could be like a Slack channel or it could be through Facebook direct messages. Uh, I have clients who communicate that way to me. The files that they share with me is either through Dropbox or Google Drive. Okay. I haven't had anybody else use anything else yet. No, I've tried OneDrive or, or Box. But yeah, the nobody's other used two. those yet. <laughs> yeah. And I'm certainly open to those, but everybody's been using those, those two tools. I use Audacity, which is a free program for recording audio and editing audio. It's on version 2.1, which for a 16-year-old program, that just shows you how solid it is. Yeah, it's, it's, um, once you, I had some troubles with it right away when I started to try to use it when I started this podcast, but I I figured it out pretty quickly. It's, um, just, just don't make, uh, make sure you know where you're clicking each time you click so you don't accidentally delete half an episode, but there's always control Z (laughs) to to bring it back. So don't have a heart attack, but (laughs) undo. Um, but yes, I, I use, um, I'm I'm using a, a call recorder for Skype, but I, uh, when I do live recordings, I use um, the one that's built into. Let's have to like open up GarageBand, the one GarageBand. that's built into my computer, which is the same idea as Audacity. Yeah, it's just Audacity. I think is a little bit easier to use. There's fewer steps to do, you know, delete. Oh yeah, yeah types of things. It's really fantastic and way less complicated. Uh, yeah, and it's cross-platform. Right. So, so if you got a PC, you don't you don't get GarageBand on PC. It's not available, but you can right. use Audacity on PC, Mac, or Linux even. Uh, so there's that. Uh, what was the next piece? So we share files in Dropbox. We can communicate through email, Slack channels, things like that. 
invoicing is done just over email through, uh, you know, I've got a Google doc that I, I just, you know, it's a spreadsheet and I just update the information. Uh, so I keep people track. send you a check or do you do uh, like PayPal or something like that for payments? Yeah. I'll say 90% of my clients, 95% send payment through PayPal. Okay. And I do have a couple that send paper check, which is fine by me. I love it. Cause then I get to keep no all fees. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's very, very basic for something where, and I'll go ahead and share my revenue just for November. I haven't closed the books here for December yet because we're recording just before Christmas. But just in uh, November, I invoiced $4,000 worth of work. That's awesome. And if you think about what I'm doing, you know, what are my expenses? I don't have that much in expenses. Your my, time. My part, yeah, my part-time editor does cost me, but not even $200, I mean, for the work that he did. So it's, you know, it's it's obviously a profitable, bus- bus- a profitable business. I just have to worry about the taxes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if this thing can grow to be five, six, seven thousand dollars a month revenue, I've got one or two people I'm employing, even if it's part time. Mm-hmm. And we're able to obviously we're not hurting. Uh, nobody knows. I don't know if people know my backstory. They might have heard it somewhere else. But my wife and I, we have paid off our house last year. So which is awesome. We only have monthly bills. Yep. And so, you know, we don't need my income because she makes a decent income through her job. But obviously there's an incentive for me to actually make more money than she does. And I'm <laughs> definitely working on that here. Friendly competition. Never hurts anybody. <laughs> and I'm well, to retire early. But I imagine your uh, property taxes and all aren't so bad out in St. Louis. Oh my gosh. We celebrated the one year anniversary paying off the mortgage. And in the mailbox when we got home was the property tax bill. <laughs> How about our property taxes out there? I was 2,700 bucks. Oh, that's not so bad. I, yeah. Uh, it's not bad like you, but yeah. And, um, it, when I was in Denver, I my property taxes were I'd say roughly comparable to that in the same ballpark. When I moved to Portland, uh, we rented initially, and then we bought a house, which we weren't in all that long. Um, we did really well because Portland's a super hot market. But mm-hmm. um, when I saw what the property taxes were going to be, it's like the estimate was seven thousand dollars a year. Like, oh my goodness! Uh, and um, down here, where the area we're looking to buy, and when we buy our next house, um, we're looking to to move to the other to the boring suburb side of Ventura, where the schools are good. That it's similar. It's like six to seven thousand a year property tax. But uh, I I call it my sunshine tax and my beach tax because yeah, um, <laughs> that's the only way I can like sleep at night knowing that I'm spending that much to live here because but but the weather and the lifestyle are so great. I I, I grew up. I was the other night. I was talking to my parents. It was uh, minus fifteen in Denver, and they were saying how cold it was. I said, "Oh yeah, it's really cold here too." I had to put on a sweatshirt. It was like, <laughs> it was like fifty-five. I was like, "It's freezing out." <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so, and most of your other costs, um, you know, it's your month-to-month operations more or less free outside of internet. It sounds like, and and those costs we just talked about, and the other things were just one-time, you know, upfront investments like microphone, camera, computer. Mm-hmm. So these are all mm-hmm. things mo- outside of the microphone and camera, which are built into most laptops these days. Um, though if you're podcasting or doing video, you probably want something higher quality. Yeah. If you want to know why, go back to the beginning of this episode when I was using my webcam as my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> which I did. Um, I, I w- speaking of average Joe uh, from uh, from Stacking Benjamins, uh, I, Joe does the uh, FinCon podcast. He does the recordings for that. And I recorded with him for an episode right before FinCon this year. And I had done the exact same thing. I, I plugged in my microphone that I'm speaking into right now. 
but had just updated the Skype version. So it was using my Mac's built-in microphone. And luckily that's a, mm-hmm. a decent microphone, but I sounded a little distant. And then we got to the very end and I figured it out before we hung up and I was embarrassed, but not as embarrassed as the time he was when I was recording with him and Letitia Styles, and he realized he wasn't recording three quarters of the way in. <laughs> oh no. That was a rough Welcome one. to podcasting. You just got initiated. <laughs> yeah. That, that was uh, a couple of years ago. That was a fun one. But but this time we're really recording. I'm looking at the, the timer is going and, and the little green light goes up when we talk. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> and I'm recording on my end as a backup, Eric. This is what Excellent. we do. Excellent. I've sent people the backups before more than once. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we're getting towards the end of our time and you've, you've been building this awesome business. What you've talked about, you think you might try to grow and, and maybe 10 exit like Noah Kagan was saying. Noah's from uh, AppSumo. If you want to look up Noah, he's, um, he got up on stage. I, I loved his intro to his talk. He's like, so I'm rich. And he put up his bank account screenshot. I was like, okay, you're rich. <laughs> so you want to you try to 10x it like Noah. Um, what else do you see in your future? Do you want to try to keep building onto the podcast editing business? Do you want to try to add something on? Or um, what, what, what are your big thoughts for the, uh, for the you know, next couple of years? It definitely has to do with speaking, presenting, teaching in the area of podcasting. Because again, I love this medium so much. So I do want to become more of a player in that space. I just have to battle more of that, that, uh, what do you call it? I forget. I just said it earlier. (laughs) Imposter syndrome. Yes. Well, you are, you are not an imposter. I, I I think you, you can say you've made it in podcasting. You're probably one of the, uh, (laughs) the very few people in the world who can say I make my living through podcasting. That's the thing. It's commendable. It's pretty cool. Yeah. There's only so many people that I can help with this, you know, with the service. That's why I need to get out there and teach other people how to either edit their own shows or even, you know, if I could train some people how to edit podcasts, I think that would be something that would be very cool. I'd probably be, you know, training my replacements or my competition. But again, I think that this, this space is growing. I think there's room for more. And I definitely would like to see more podcasters see the value of having their shows, you know, produced because you hear a lot of stuff going out and you just know that it could have been done better. It could have been polished a little more. It's just somebody else didn't get to lay their hands on it and give any advice or, you know, actually be able to adjust the volumes or take out the MRAs. That's well, if, if all keeps going well and I reach my business goals in, uh, in 2017, then, then I'll be able to hire a Steve Stewart like person. And, uh, at some point. <laughs> I can help make you more successful by editing your show. I will definitely be there. That's awesome. So if, um, so if anyone wants to connect with you, wants to find you, wants to give you online high fives, where are the places they should go to find Steve Stewart? Everything they want to know or find out about me, they can find at my home base, which is stevestewart.me. And Stewart is spelled S-T-E-W-A-R-T. And that's .me, not .com, because the guy who owns the .com, he's owned it for almost 20 years now. I don't think I'm going to get any t- anytime soon. I actually spent, in the last month, $1,000 to finally get ericrosenberg.com. I got wow, them to come down go. more than 50% on their price. What they, they, This one company's had it for a few years. And I'm like, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks for it every couple of years. I'd send him an email and be like, hey, I'll still take it. I know it's sitting on your books. And I, and I finally bit the bullet and, uh, and went all out. So I'm rebranding instead of being uh, narrow bridge media being my brand. I am being my brand. I'm following in your footsteps, which are dude. I totally think that's the right move. And and I'm also looking at, at uh, speaking in in the uh, coming year as a big goal. So hopefully mm-hmm. we'll uh, 
we'll cross paths at, at multiple conferences before we get on stage and, uh, yeah. and, and spread our wisdom about finance and entrepreneurship and podcasting and, and whatever else that conference wants us to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll have to launch a pod camp over there in Portland or something. You can go back up and visit your friends. I would love to. It's, it's a great town. We'll make sure it's in the summer when it's not cloudy and, and drizzly <laughs> all, all the time. Well, anyway, thank you so much, Steve, for, for being here, being on the show, being a part of it. Thank you, listeners, for, for listening to the end. Um, as always, if you don't think I earned a five-star review, please shoot me an email, eric at ericrosenberg.com now, huh? Huh? or uh, eric at personalprofitability.com. Yeah. It all goes to the same place. And if you do think that this show has earned a five-star review, please just take a second, go to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, drop a review in. It doesn't cost you anything more than a few seconds, but it means the world to me. And um, and that's the only advertising I've got. So, so I'd appreciate it. So again, thank you, Steve. Thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. But until next time, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.